Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Today is a good day. We're counting down to Lakers basketball being back on July 30th. So every day up till July 30th is a fun and exciting day. Um, we're always waiting for news to see what's coming out, what's going to happen, what is happening with uh, COVID. So what we have in store today, we're going to kind of discuss a little bit about what's going on in the league um, with COVID-19 and then kind of discuss the uh, Lakers schedule which came out last week and then the Lakers roster so let's jump into it so in terms of a COVID status um, there's been a few few rumblings throughout the league uh, I know that Denver and the Nets have kind of had some issues with players testing positive uh, I know I saw that the Nuggets cl had closed their practice facility uh, temporarily just because of people testing positive um, so you know it's one of those things just a con it's a constant reminder that even though we have a, a date for the NBA to come back we don't really know what you know what's going to happen anything can happen between now and July 30th where you know if there's another big outbreak for whatever reason um, it is possible that it could get shut down again so obviously fingers crossed uh, but, you know, I'm trying to not get my hopes up too high because you just don't know. I mean, I know here in California, we um, had bars and restaurants opening up and everything, uh, and beaches open, and then there's been kind of a surge the last few days, and now the beaches are shut down for 4th of July, restaurants are closed, bars are being closed um, in L.A. County and other counties throughout California. So... Um, I kind of thought that we were getting into a good spot that uh, things were kind of getting a little bit a little bit more back to normal and we're kind of taking a few steps backwards so I'm hoping that this doesn't leak into the NBA circles hopefully the players are being careful and staying safe and doing what they can to not get exposed so that uh, when as we get closer as we as they move over as they head over to Orlando that the bubble stays um, secure so to speak so the NBA released uh, the schedule for all 22 teams last Friday so the Lakers uh, play eight games from July 30th to August 13th, I think. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so obviously I'm driving right now, so please bear with me if I get anything wrong. Um, so the Lakers open up on July 30th against the Clippers, um, and then they play... This is probably going to be out of order, but they play the Raptors, they play the Thunder, they play the Jazz, they play the Rockets, the Kings... Um, and a few other teams that I'm forgetting. So, um, look at you know I looked at the schedule. My gut reaction was, oh yeah, they play the the, the Nuggets. Um, my gut reaction was that it's a pretty tough schedule, but at the same time, the Western Conference is a tough conference. So I mean, I it's I don't think it's anything 
crazy. I don't think I don't think there's anything unfair going on or anything, but um, you know, gut instant gut reaction is like the Lakers should go probably six and two. They could win all eight games. They have the ability to do so, but in terms of like projecting what they're gonna do, I that would be pretty bold to go out and say that they're gonna win all eight games especially opening up against the Clippers. Um, so my my guess is they probably go 6-2. and two. I could see them coming out first game and losing to the Clippers. Um, I mean, of all eight games, that's the, that's, that's the hardest game. You know, it's the first game coming back, and it's against a team that we have beat, but we've also lost to two other times. So um, I, I have a hard time just boldly saying that they're going to win that game. I think they should win the game. I expect them to win the game. But in terms of like if they're going to lose a game, it would be against the Clippers. Um, and then like who they're going to lose the second game to, it's hard to say. I mean, it could be the Raptors. The Raptors are a good team. It could be the Rockets just because they gave the Lakers some problems uh, in the past with their small ball lineup. Um, it could be the Nuggets if they're if they have all their players and they're full full force. Um, you know, it really could. I mean, they could lose any team, and I and I'm really curious to see how they go because the Lakers are five and a half games ahead of the Clippers in the one seed. So. If I'm doing my math correctly, it means that the Lakers only need to win three games. Even if the Clippers won all eight games, if the Lakers won three games, um, they would secure that one seed. So, so it's possible that if the Lakers go, you know, come out firing, win three. Let's say they go three and one the first four games, they could kind of you know, slow, take their foot off the gas pedal, um, slow things down. I mean, like, obviously they don't need to give LeBron an AD rest. The only, the only reason they would do so would just be to limit the possibility of an injury. You know, it would suck if in the eighth game against the Kings, the, you know, LeBron's in the game and, uh, you know, rolls his ankle or something or, or AD just, goes up and falls and gets hurt you know like it would there it would you want to try and limit injuries but you also want to give the team enough reps especially with the break they've had so I'm interested to see if the Lakers kind of don't go full force just because they don't need to like they really there's these eight like these eight games are really more for the teams in the you know eighth ninth tenth seventh uh seeds to try and like finalized seating you know so for the Lakers like they're they unless something catastrophic happens are getting are going to be the one seed um so they should just have their mindset on preparing for playoffs and being game ready you know being playoff ready um so I think that you know they're they're going to try and um they're going to want to play as much as they can to get to just get in the swing of things and have that chemistry back and everything 
but also not go too crazy. So all that being said is I think the Lakers could very well, um, you know, win six or so games, but they don't also don't need to. So I wouldn't be surprised, and I also wouldn't be upset if the Lakers didn't win as many games as they probably could win. Um, and, you know, I think, like, I think there's a good chance that the Lakers end up playing a team like the Pelicans in the playoffs. I think this format is set up perfectly for for Zion to come and insert his dominance and help them win enough games to take over that eight seed. And I think there's going to be a lot of movement too because, I mean, the, the Mavericks are the seventh seed and they're a good team. So, like, in eight games, it's just, you know, when you, when you boil the season down when you boil the season down to eight games, um, you have a small sample size. So a lot a lot can happen, a lot can change in those, you know, between from the 6th to the 10th seed uh, or 11th seed, whatever it is in the West. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot can change. Right now we have what we've been kind of playing off of the playoff seeding. So I'm excited to see... Uh, you know, how the teams like the the Mavericks, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, how they all do. Um, and, and I haven't taken a chance, I haven't gotten a chance to look at those teams' schedules and how difficult they are or how easy they are. Um, and so I, I don't, I can't necessarily speak to like how, how I think they're going to do or where I think they're going to end up. But I do know that a lot, a lot can change in eight games. So I'm, that'll be really, really fun, really exciting. Now let's move on to uh, discussing the Lakers roster. So the Lakers officially yesterday signed J.R. Smith to the team to replace uh, Avery Bradley. If you didn't hear, Avery Bradley decided he's going to not join the team in Orlando. Uh, his son has some respiratory problems or issues and so Avery just doesn't want to Avery doesn't want to risk um, going in there potentially catching the virus and then passing it on to his son which no one you know no one should be upset about that is a total totally uh, honorable reason to to sit out family definitely comes before before work so so anyways J.R. Smith the Lakers signed J.R. Smith to take Avery Bradley's uh, spot in the lineup. Well, not necessarily in the lineup, but just to take a spot on the roster. Um, so I have mixed feelings about it. I don't know. I feel I'm happy that the Lakers were able to pick someone up. Um, it's good to have another body there. It's good. I'm happy that J.R. Smith knows LeBron and has played with LeBron. I'm glad that they have that uh, relationship and chemistry. I'm glad that LeBron knows what he's getting into with J.R. Smith. Obviously, we had the, you know, the last time we all really saw J.R. Smith was in the finals in 2018. Um, 
against the when the Cavs were playing the Warriors in game one and it's a close game there's a missed free throw J.R. Smith grabs the offensive rebound could have put it up which I think would have won the game if he made it and he seemed to have just not known what the score was or thought the Cavs were already up and so he gets it and dribbles out to the beyond the three-point line you know all his teammates LeBron are yelling at him like what are you doing what's going on what are you doing and then uh time runs out they go to overtime um and lose and then go on to get I think swept by the Warriors um so the last time we all saw J.R. Smith really was not was not great um I mean obviously like he did play for a little bit in the 2018-2019 season I think he was on the Knicks. Um, he, uh, you know, he only played, I think he played through like November 2018. So like the last time he was really on a big stage was in the 2018 finals. And it just was not, it was not great. It wasn't a good way to end. Um, so I'm happy for him that hopefully he can redeem himself, but also, uh, J.R. Smith, the way he plays, can be kind of disconcerting. So, like, you know, there's a positive and negative. I'll start with the negative. So, the negative is that he always seems, you know, in the past he has seemed to be kind of just like in la-la land, no pun intended, um, where, you know, in that finals example, he doesn't know the score dribbles the ball out um didn't lose the game right away but they would go to overtime and end up losing the game when they could have easily won if he just put it back up uh, after after got the rebound um there's there was a play where he's you know saying hi to someone in the stands and then the play like the game starts and he's still saying hi and his guy cuts down to the basket and scores a point you know like he just kind of sometimes seems to just be out of it um which is not obviously like that's not the making of players that would make up a championship team obviously he has played on a championship team with LeBron so like that's positive but like he himself often can make mistakes that don't that just hurt the team so that's the one that's like the the glaring potential downside the the positive is that you know he's 34 years old and hasn't played in an NBA game since November 2018 so he's not going to come in and take a bunch of minutes you know he is solely there as a, you know, go in for a few minutes, potentially get a few buckets, get some stops, um, and then come out. Or just he's there in case someone gets hurt, you know. Like, it's he's not going to come in and have a huge role unless, I mean, at least starting off, unless he, like, comes in and just is, like, shooting lights out and, like, playing out of his mind, then I'm sure he would earn earn a role throughout the playoffs and stuff. But he's definitely not coming in and, like, taking anybody's spot or like coming in and being a starter so like we don't Lakers fans don't have to worry about that necessarily 
it's more just like the random brain farts while he's in the game. So, you know, based on the fact that he's 34, hasn't played in almost two years in an NBA game, and given his last, the last impression he kind of gave the NBA world in the 2018 finals, I'm not expecting much of him but I'm I'm kind of excited about the idea of having him on the squad. So, like, I don't expect him to come in and be shooting, you know, 45% from, from the field and 40% from the three-point line. Like, I'm just not expecting that. Um, you know, there's been, there's been videos circling throughout, throughout Twitter and Instagram of J.R. Smith working out and him just, like, draining threes. So, I mean, like, it's good to see that he can still shoot in a practice by himself, not in a game situation. That's great. But, like, what happens when he gets in the game, you know? So, like, I don't expect him to be shooting too too well, which obviously that's what the Lakers are going to need. Like, the LeBron style of play is, you know, driving kick. You know, we got to get those spot-up shooters. So, J.R. Smith definitely can be a guy that helps with that. Um but we just, it just, we, you just can't expect that he's going gonna to come in and make a huge difference. So having low expectations is kind of nice because, because who knows? You know, like I said in my last episode, being in this bubble format is just going to be so strange that there might be a guy, there might be players that kind of just come out that you're not expecting to play well and could actually play well and could really contribute to the team so J.R. Smith not having played for two years or almost two years coming into this Orlando bubble and then kind of practicing with the squad for a month and just having the motivation of wanting to play well could actually in turn help him uh, play even better than we could expect so when you have low expectations it doesn't it's not hard to overcome those those low expectations but I think that with his with a limited role he can come in hit some shots uh hopefully play some defense that's the thing that's the thing is the, the Lakers do need help defensively so while from an offensive standpoint J.R. Smith might play a limited role we might need to, you know if he has the legs and if he has the stamina and the energy and the quickness we would need him from a defensive standpoint. So, like, if he can come in and prove himself to be a defensive player and, like, just play hard defense, get stops, be able to cover guys like Kawhi or Paul George, um, you know, like, then I think that maybe he can that's, – that's a way that he could earn more playing time is on the defensive end. You know, because that's what – even from a young age in high school and – in college and you know like coaches will tell you if you're wanting more playing time and you're not getting it and you're struggling offensively proving yourself as a defensive player is an is an easy way to to get to to get more playing time and like defense what's interesting interesting about it is obviously you have to have size and strength and speed um, 
which I think J.R. Smith has. He might have lost. I mean, obviously he's he's older, so he's lost a step from what he was when he was younger. But like, I still think he's an NBA caliber player. So I think he still has the size and speed and, and uh, strength that he needs to play NBA basketball. So then, at that point, if you have those tools, then playing defense is all within your power and the effort you want to give. So, like, obviously there's going to be guys that, you know, I'm sure there's guys in the NBA covering Kobe that gave all their effort, gave all their – did everything they could in their power to stop Kobe, and he still was able to score. You know, so, like, there's going to be just better offensive players, but – the effort you give on defense is all within your power. And if a guy beats you, he beats you. You know, like, that's what, like, if J.R. Smith is covering Kawhi, like, Kawhi is such a good offensive player. Like, he is going to drive, and he is going to hit shots, you know, no matter who's covering him. He did that to LeBron. Like, he's he's going to drive. He's going to get, he's going to, you know, get you off a step, drive, and get going for a dunk. Like, it's just, it will happen. But getting the necessary stops um, in close games really do matter. So, like, so, you know, J.R. Smith or anyone for that matter, just the effort you give on defense is all within your power. So J.R. Smith could earn his earn playing time, quote-unquote, rather easily. Um, so all in all, I'm looking forward to... Uh, JR being on the team I think at the very least he fits in he'll fit into the team chemistry um I mean it's funny to say that because I don't know (laughs) obviously I don't know him personally I don't know any of the players personally so like just from what I'm imagining just because he's a LeBron guy he played with LeBron um and he knows he I'm sure he knows all those guys so I'm I just am assuming he'll fit into the team chemistry um, hopefully he doesn't go in and be a, a me, me, me kind of guy. And he just defers to LeBron and AD for, for their leadership and uh, just comes in, plays defense, can hit shots when he's able to take them, and hopefully he can help the team. And same goes for, like, another guy that we, you know, I feel like Lakers fans keep forgetting about. Maybe it's just me, but, like, Dion Waiters, you know, he's the same kind of situation where he hasn't played NBA basketball in a little bit. Um, not quite as long as J.R. Smith, but it's been a little bit. Um, he probably has a better offensive game than J.R. Smith. Well, I think he does. Um, he has a better offensive game than J.R. Smith, and he has the size and speed to be able to play defense well. So, like, it's all within his power to play to give the effort on defense that's needed because the thing is like when you have for the Lakers they have LeBron James they have Anthony Davis while the while having the role players be able to hit shots helps the team like we saw against the Clippers with Avery Bradley hitting all those threes the Lakers aren't necessarily hurting for offensive uh, help, you know, like LeBron, LeBron and AD can take over a game if they want to or if they need to. Um, so like Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith shouldn't be when they get into the game, 
they shouldn't be worried about uh, saving their energy for offense like other players might need to on other teams. Like, don't save your energy for offense. You don't need it. Like, just go all out on defense because, like, it's the age-old saying, defense wins championships. So I would much rather see Dion Waiters. And, and it's not exciting. Like, it's not fun to, like, defense isn't fun, obviously. But, like, I would personally like to see Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith go out and play strong defense. Play strong defense, and if you have, still have your legs, if you still have the energy, and you can hit some shots, and that's great. But, like, I'd rather see defensive stops on guys, you know, on these wing players. You know, I want I want to get stops on Kawhi Leonard. I want to get stops on Paul George. Um, obviously, Giannis is, like, a beast of his own. But, like, we saw that LeBron could handle it. Um I want to see, I want to see guys like uh, KCP and J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters come in and like if they have to pick them up for a few possessions, like get those stops. Don't let, don't let Giannis have his way, um, make it difficult at the very least. I mean that's what happened against uh, in the last game between the Lakers and the Bucks. Like LeBron and the other guys that were covering him just made it difficult for Giannis like they didn't they just didn't make things easy and he's really struggled so I I think if you can just like get in his way a little bit um it'll help so anyway all, all that being said is I'm excited for Dion Waiters I'm excited for J.R. Smith to be on the team I am not I mean if they can come out and be if they can come out and be effective offensively then that's amazing but I'm not expecting it from them. All I want to see is good defense. And if they can hit some shots, then that's all we need. Um, and then the last thing on the Lakers roster is I am really stoked to to see Alex Caruso be given a bigger role. I really hope he does get it with Avery Bradley being out. Um, I mentioned this a little bit before my last pod or my last episode, but um, Avery Bradley or Sorry, Alex Crusoe, he plays really well. He plays really, really well with with LeBron. Um, of all the teammates with LeBron, like of all the teammate duos on the on the uh, on the team, Crusoe and LeBron have the best like rating together. I forget I forget what the stats called, so please forgive me. But um, they have like the best uh, rating together when they play. So like, so uh, that so I'm. You know, when you, when you get a player that plays that well with LeBron James, he should be on the court as much as possible with LeBron James. Um, so I'm, yeah, so I'm just like really looking forward to Alex Crusoe having a bigger role. Alex Crusoe is that guy that I'm explaining when I, when I was talking about J.R. Smith and, and Deion Waiters. Like, he's the guy that he's not necessarily a great offensive player at least yet but he earns his playing time by hard-nosed defense getting stops and and then like making big you know explosive offensive plays when he can you know he's he'll 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 go in and get a tip dunk or he'll get a big rebound things like that off on the offensive side but I always feel like his main focus is either defense and 
it, his main focuses are defense and just conducting the offense on the offensive side. Like, it's not about he, – he's, like, the most unselfish player of all time. Like, it's just not about him. Like, he'll go in and uh, get a big dunk or maybe take a jump shot here and there. But, like, he's, he's deferring to LeBron. He's deferring to AD. He's trying to be in the right spot and be at the right place at the right time. So um, I'm really excited. Obviously, it's a little scary just because Crusoe is a younger player. He doesn't have the playoff experience. Um, so I don't really know what to expect in that sense. I, I don't think he's the kind of guy that gets lost in the moment um, or gets spooked or anything in the moment. You know, he's you know play, playing in games against uh the Clippers and the Bucks are you know I was at one of them against the Bucks and like it it was as close to a playoff atmosphere as possible so like he's played in big games even if they're just regular season games um and he has that experience so I think that I think he'll be fine but that's just to mention like we don't know we haven't never seen him in the playoffs before so and again like this that's another example of like how uh, the bubble could help a guy. You know, like this, the bubble, like the playoff experience is gonna be so different than what it usually is. Like, there is no playoff atmosphere anymore, which is a bummer, but like, it just is what it is. Um, so, it's um, not as much of a problem in terms of just his experience. So. I'm looking forward to seeing Alex Caruso come in and get more playing time in the absence of Avery Bradley. So all that being said, we don't know, obviously, what COVID has in store for us. Hope We'll hold hope out that the NBA season uh, keeps on chugging along, that we do get a July 30th start. Um, the Lakers, they have a, you know, tough schedule but it's definitely not a ridiculously crazy schedule um and then the roster you know it's fun it'll be fun to see what happens thanks for listening to this episode of lakers carpool if you enjoyed the episode please uh rate and review on apple podcasts and um you know the best way if you enjoy the podcast to share to uh get it out and to to grow the podcast is to to share it with your friends share personally so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lakers Carpool, Instagram Lakers Carpool, and you can find me on Apple, Spotify, and most of your other favorite podcast listening platforms. Thanks for listening.